Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I'm so excited today because we get to continue a conversation that we had with Carol Collins and the Yeshua Collective uh, on last week's episode, and I know that um, Michael has explored even further into the teachings and uh, has a lot to share, so I'm so excited that you're joining us. Um, First of all, I just would like for those listeners that may not have tuned in uh, to, to last week's episode, Carol Collins is also known as the Pittsburgh Medium, and she is a very gifted channel. In 2019, she spontaneously manifested the ability to trans-channel, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But through her, the Yeshua Collective uh, started teaching about consciousness, Law of Attraction, Manifestation, Self-Healing, Wellness, as well as a a plethora of other amazing, amazing insights, which culminated in um, 2021 with 11 books, which then became 15 and soon uh, another 20 more. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Michael J. Russ and Carol Collins. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And the Yeshua Collective. Hi. Hi. It, 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 it's good to be here. This is Carol here. Um, I'm sure Yeshua will jump in when they do. They always introduce themselves. I know that they've got some fascinating information for Pillar 1 and Pillar 2. So the, uh, the, the essential material, four pillars of, of content, they, they've taken the material that they say non-physical teachers, when they speak through a human being in the way of trans-channeling, or alpha channeling, it's another another um, uh, uh, description of, of it from them, is that that body of knowledge, they've taken it and categorized it into these four subjects, and they call it pillar one, two, three, and four. So I think they're um, kind of waiting for the energies to settle down a little bit in the mm-hmm. world and then bring forth pillar one, which is, I like to call pillar one conscious studies, you know, who we are in the non-physical dimension, why we're having a physical life, and all the cool things that people want to talk about, like what is astral travel? What is causal plane traveling? Um, What can I do in my sleep? Um, uh, You know, are my dreams real? Does my guide teach my mind in my sleep? What happens, you know, during the transition? What did, what did Seth mean when he said we were on a slip and slide as we, as we come into the world and, and you know, the, the, the sensation of, of moving from one dimension to the other? What was he talking about and, and what does that mean? They, they, they go through all of that. They go through it all. Wow. I find Pillar One is it's fascinating. It's almost like it's a lot of information that really has to do with our, our higher self and the non-physical life that we'll go back to that we that we have uh, in addition to the physical life that we're in um and then pillar two is all about law of attraction how do you use power of positivity you know yeshua calls it verbal therapy and idea reconstruction because we all have thoughts we all have ideas but when you reconstruct those ideas and infuse it with with perfection and appreciation and loving attention to detail, then you create a mindset that cannot lose. That's beautiful. Absolutely. You know, and what I find so fascinating, Carolyn and Michael, I think you can probably uh, echo this, that 
probably about 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20, even 20 years ago, you didn't hear this information. And now it's sort of like this gateway. Um, more people are waking up. More people are, um, I think, looking for more inner peace, balance. They're looking for answers. They understand that there's something greater than them that's outside of them, that we do have this soul connection. I think that probably the 80s were all about making money and doing all kinds of things <laughs> that were not in alignment with, with what's coming through now. And certainly law of attraction does can bring in prosperity, but it can bring in many more things than that. And And I'd love... Uh, for you, either Carol or Michael or the Yeshua Collective, to maybe um, address what's going on. People are calling it the new earth. So how is it that at this time that a lot of these foundational materials, such as Pillar 1 and Pillar 2, are coming forth that it's so important for people to hear these words? (laughs) Well, you know, I'll just give my two cents before Yeshua does. I think I think it's always been there, but it's been cultural. I think in the the you know westernized uh, hemisphere, you know, the West, West, America. You know, I'm I'm from from United States, so I just say from this side of the globe, from from our perspective, we are commerce driven. We're global driven. We're creators. We're inventors. We're let's make it happen. We're manifestors. But there's other mm-hmm. parts of the world that are um, peace within generators. It's almost like right. when you look at the whole world, you've got a little bit of everything, and it's in these pockets of energy. So I see the United States as a pocket of energy of invention and of innovation. And there's mm-hmm. pockets of energy around the world that are um, slow, meandering, peaceful, and there's other mm-hmm. pockets that are you know, peace within and ancestral, uh, you know, generational ancestral uh, from from the non-physical dimension. And mm-hmm. and when you look at all of those different components, it almost creates the full breadth of information that we're all going for. So I think here, you know, me included, um, th- this topic didn't come up for me until, you know, my abilities surfaced. It wasn't something that I thought about, although I was Christian by birth. I do recall, as a matter of fact, um, before, it's probably about a year before, these, this ability to channel just uh, popped on the surface. I mean, there was no, there was no slow awakening for me. It was, it was one day to the next. I, I don't have it, and then, I, and then I do. But I can remember a year before um, when I had just started to think about meditating, and I had a thought rise in my mind, and I thought it was my own, and, and I'm sure it wasn't now. But my, the thought was, what is a soul? Why do we have it? And is it supposed to do something for us? Does it just keep us alive? Or are we supposed to interact with it? And I remember pondering about that, not having any answers, but it was just a very well-thought-out sentence that showed up in my mind, and it, and it left an impact. And lo and behold, that's pillar one. You know, what, what is your soul? Your, what is soul mm-hmm. energy? Where mm-hmm. is it? When we're, when we're here in the physical world, <laughs> where is that soul energy? And who is it? And what is it? 
I think the world is opening up to wanting to believe in the afterlife a little differently than religion has has led us. You know, religion has led us down a path of there are, you know, all every religion has God or God concept or a savior concept and it also has people that are looking up physically looking up looking upwards mm-hmm. pointing upwards right. or believing right. that the higher you go you know higher vibration higher you go elevation even that that you are literally or physically closer to god or that god source and you know i think people are starting to say okay we've we've kind of exhausted all of those ideas and now you have yeah. human teachers like deepak chopra who's talking about consciousness alongside medical science and you've got more and more people that are that are starting to combine you know therapeutic things alongside intuition and the the soul sciences alongside alongside medical sciences and so i think the world's kind of ready for some mm-hmm. new information for and the generations expansion yeah 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 newer generations so, are also bucking the trends of what we have uh starting from the millennials gen x gen z um, Gen, uh, I think Gen R. I'm not going to figure out one of those, but uh, a lot of a lot of the, those souls incarnating in, in, as in the last uh, uh, 30, 35 years uh, have, in my view, um, really taken a look at what the institutions, uh, what institutions have been existing and have been actually beginning to question a lot of those institutions, from the capitalistic to the um, to the theological. Um, institutions that are out there and actually a lot of a lot of uh, church membership is dropping uh, versus uh, increasing because people yeah. are asking different questions and not getting the answers that they would would that they are seeking they're somehow in intuitively they know there's something different something different well, going on also, you're, you're not wrong about that but there's also the internet so pe- people are mm-hmm aware of different trains of thought that you know maybe you know 10 15 20 years ago they didn't have access as easily to what everybody else in the world is talking about and now it's at our fingertips exactly and Mm -hmm. (laughs) to the point where i in in my view the joshua collective uh and in the center that you've set up to teach these four pillars in my view is is spot on for right now because with a lot of information comes a lot of incorrect information <laughs> uh, information that that uh, uh, takes people backwards versus forwards um, because of the focus on fear and worry and uh, uh, discord and dysfunction versus uh, collectively love and um, empathy and compassion and looking inward you know and at the uh, at this particular uh, moment in time it's interesting because I just want to mention something I was thinking about this uh, very heavily on the way back a lot of um, I read a book called journey of souls by my dr. Michael Newton 30 years ago and what's interesting is how much of what what I've been hearing uh, from the collective last week to what I've been listening to on uh, uh, on on your YouTube channel which is really fabulous by the way Um, and I hope you put a lot more on there because it's really really it it really opens up 
your mind to this. And I hope that a lot of our, our listeners tap into your YouTube channel and subscribe so that they do get uh, a further understanding and tap into the, a lot of the other resources through pittsburghmedium.com to uh, open, open their minds and begin to do this. But it's interesting how a lot of, there's a lot of correlations um, between uh, what uh, Michael Newton was, was saying and, uh, and when he was um, kind of taking people back in, into past lives and, and uh, lives between lives. It's really, really interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, my journey, my personal journey uh, as well, which started last week with this radio show and a, and a personal session with, uh, with um, the collective. Uh, and I hope to do another one here uh, in the next uh, couple, two, three weeks as well. So uh, consciousness, the pillars, number one, um, is, the, is Jeshua ready to sure. rock yeah they, they are they are they are um so they, they're asking me to say this first um why are people moving about the world in bigger circles because they hmm. want to because they want hmm. to people are moving about in bigger circles and it's different than thinking about traveling to a place and coming back again. But when you travel to a place and you come back again, it's a circle. What's a circle? No beginning, no end. What is the world? No beginning, no end, because it's a circle. Now, there's no beginning and no end, not because it's a circle, but because there is no end to the life force within us. That life force force within us is what some people term chi, source frequency, source energy, uh, prana, oneness, soul. Those are all words that are meant to describe the energy that is flowing through the non-physical half of our physical body. So they asked me to describe that first because they wanted me to have an opportunity to say what they have uh, planned. So they have planned to talk about that, about the soul and soul energy, and then also um, uh, stepping into pillar two, which is taking ideas and reframing them so mm -hmm. that they're helpful for uh, you know what we're trying to manifest. So. Mm -hmm. Let's just see what they want to talk about. They want to start with pillar one. So we are James to speak now. We, there's very many, very many teachers here in this Yeshua collective. It is a collective of beings. It is identified early on whether a person will have a desire to move into spiritual kind of things. If they have the desire, we watch over them in a different way. We watch over everybody closely. We, we follow them. Uh, we're tethered to you, as we talked about before, but, but we watch over you closely, everything that you do, and we keep track of what you are doing and why, and we try to clean it up so that you're on the right path and the better path and further down the path. When someone shows signs of stepping into their spiritual path, so when we have readings with us, it's very simple. We break it down. You know, some people, of course, come to the table and they've had specific questions to talk to us about. But, but sometimes people just say, what do I need to know? What does my guide want me to know? And we love those, those readings among all of them. 
we love those the most because your guide gets to bring forth information that they are wanting you to have. And that means that it's the priority. When people have a question, that becomes the priority, and we always answer that first. But when people come and say, you know, what does my guide want me to know? Then we start with life path. So you have your life, and you have everything that's in it. You have, you know, what am I supposed to be doing career-wise in life? Am I supposed to be married up in this lifetime, or have I married up properly? What's going on with my relationships with those that I am near and dear with and then relationships with people in the world, near and far? There's financial things. How am I doing financially? How am I holding uh, or accumulating so that I can live my older years without worry? How am I parenting? How am I um, with, with my freedom of speech? How am I experiencing the life and am I expressing myself that is in balance or in concert with how I'm believing? Am I, am I, am I balanced in my expressions? And then there's the spiritual path or the soul path. And that path is, am I becoming someone that stays in alignment, not metaphorically in alignment, but stays in a real way in alignment with this non-physical tether between the dimensions. So there are aspects to the human, non-physical human component. Those aspects do some supernatural things. But those supernatural things are in the world. And when those supernatural aspects of you are in the world, they are not diminished, but they are not actualized. Enlightenment is moment by moment by moment. We all say that. Because at one moment, you might be in strong alignment and have supreme intuition, and then your guide can guide you in a nonverbal way, and you capitalize on something. That is what we say, enlightenment. Now, people say enlightenment is when you've reached a guru stage and you've been given a title. And that's, mm-hmm. not, that's, that's not the case. Although, <clears throat> although those people might be truly peaceful on the inside, and they might have acquired ocularity or beyond, it does not mean enlightenment to us. Enlightenment is when aspect one identifies this tether and prefers it. There is conversation coming from that cord as there is conversation coming in the world, vibrational on both ends. When the aspect that gathers data prefers this tethering between the dimensions, then we say it is blossoming. When it prefers it perfectly, we say enlightened. We say the aspect is enlightened. Now, when you transition from this world, when you make your your way back home into the, the spirit place, whatever you want to call it, once you make yourself in this physical life, when that aspect aligns with the tether again and again and again and again and learns to prefer the conversation that comes through it over and above conversation in the world. It does not mean that you become hermit. It does not mean that you no longer have integration in society. It means that you are guided 
intuitionally, it means in a nonverbal way, your guide can open doors for you and that the in, part, the in part of you, the inner mind part of you, is listening. And then you've got wonderful synchronistic experiences that you just say, that can't happen for no reason. That, that just, there's got to be something about this whole guide structure. There's got to be something real about it because this kind of thing happens to me all the time. It's just perfect timing. So, and there is something to it. There is something to it. The human being, the human being is who you are here and now in the physical world. But the human physical component was created in the physical world in order for a human being to have life, to sustain life, to be life, to be alive in the world. There has to be a coming together of the non-physical portion of you with the physical portion of you. So we say the non-physical portion of you is that soul energy, chi, prana, source, soul. They're all the same thing. It's soul energy. So you were who you are before you became who you are. Your life started in this non-physical place where we are, this It's another dimension. You can think of dimensionality as real, and that would be good for you. Your life began over here, and then you were born. And when your life began over here, that is your soul energy. That soul energy had to be here first. Otherwise, there would be nothing to attach to your physical body. So life began here, and then it continues where you are in the physical world. And then when you complete the life, in the physical world, that soul energy goes back and then becomes who you are again. So it is a circle. It is here again and back again. It is traveling here, having an experience, and going back again. So when people travel from uh, here in the United States over to Europe or from here to Africa or from Africa to to the upper continent or from Asia Minor to to, to, uh, uh, Latin America, they're going there and going back again, going there and going back again. You do the same thing with the soul of you is your non-physical half of you in this physical world. And it comes here and goes back again. And there is no end to that soul energy. That's why we like the description of circle. Circle. It is a circle. There's no end to it. Now, the circle gets bigger. So let's say you, you have a brand new soul in the non-physical place, and that soul is not brand, brand new. You've got all kinds of learning and expansion and growth to do before you become ready to be someone that enters the world as a human being. You're not a newbie. You're not a brand newly formed conscious being. You have evolved into an entity being. You have many, many, many things under your non-physical belt as far as learning and understanding how the world works. When you embark upon your very first life, it's like a very thin circle. And the circle continues. And then in the non-physical place, you decide and pre-form and pre-format and and pre-idealize and strategize of what your next life is going to contain. And then you do that next life. And then that very same circle, the very same circle, becomes a little wider, 
and then the next slice a little wider and a little wider and a little wider and a little wider. So each time that circle of life becomes broader in its knowing of how to be a person in the world. So you might find a person that just hateful, conceited, underhanded, mean. Well, that person may be very young in their list of lives that they've planned to do because maybe they haven't learned the art of living. The art of living does take many lifetimes to really get the hang of it, in other words. Get the hang of it. What are we talking about here? Staying in alignment with this tethering mechanism. It's a cord. But you are tethered between the non-physical you and your guide. So when the aspects of you get the hang of physical life, they start to wake up. And as a youngster, they are more gentle by nature. And they stay in alignment and receiving. They have learned lifetime after lifetime after lifetime to prefer alongside the human physical world to also bring in easily conversation from that tethering. Mm. That's enlightenment. That's enlightenment when the, when the human physical body mm-hmm. and the human non-physical body work in concert. When they work in concert, you've got a person who just doesn't become ill as often or they heal right. quickly. They're mm-hmm. gentle. Their emotional balance and their intellectual balance are very near equal. Life continues and life expands, and then you add on. Life continues, life expands, and then you add on. When we teach Pillar 1, we teach all about conscious beings, conscious beings. We like conscious studies as, as, uh, as well as the foundational material. The foundation of how to manifest life is knowing who you are. You've got superpowers in you. Most of those superpowers are diminished when you are in the physical body, but you have them, and you can bring them to the surface. That's what anyone that's clairvoyant, channeled ability, heightened intuition, they just know things. <laughs> they have yeah. acquired, they've acquired some semblance of consistent conversation from the inner mind, not, not, on the, not on the surface. When people say, well, I hear my guide talk to me all the time, and we say, no, no, that's you talking to yourself in a kind and gentle way. When your guide speaks to you, it is nonverbal always. Once a person acquires the need or the desire and the tendency for meditation, their emotions simmer down. When the emotions simmer down, they just become a more peaceful person, a nicer person, a good human. When they learn the art of meditating silently, then the inner mind is taught to wake up. The innermost part of this entire non-physical part of you contains knowledge within on how to translate what your guide is saying. All right, that's the awakening, that's the blossoming, that's fully blossoming into your potential on your spiritual path. How do you get there? Well, that's pillar two. That's humanizing your pattern of thought and your pattern of behavior, humanizing it. Not using reality as it is, 
but using reality as you want it to be. Human beings are pure positive on the inside because that soul energy that's flowing through that non-physical part of you, it is pure and it stays pure. It does not get dirty. It is not fallen angel kind of energy. It is not bad karma energy. It is not dark energy that flows through bad people. It is soul energy, perfectly pure, positive soul energy. But the non-physical body gets energy blockages that cause a perfectly gentle human being to start thinking awkwardly and then behave persnickety and behave controlling or dominant. There are levels. People start off as cranky and then they end up angry. It's a progression. The non-physical body needs to be cleaned out, and that's what meditation can do for you. But, but also, playful games, laughing, taking a nice stroll in the park and listening to the birds. There are ways for your guide to do some energy work on you. But meditation is the fail-safe. It will always work every single time. Now, hmm. the power of positivity and verbal therapy, we like, we like those terms for Pillar 2 as well. Because when you combine thoughts and you construct them, a thought, when you construct the thought in a way that leaves no room for error, what is error? Negativity, doubt. When you say, how am I doing in life in a reading with us? We say, well, you're here, number one, and you're determined to manifest. So we say you're doing well. Are you on your life's path? Well, that's a completely different subject. Some people are ready for that conversation. Some people are not. Some people are determined to mastermind business at all costs. Now, if they were to have a conversation with us, if they were ready for the conversation, we would guide them into masterminding business at, at supernatural speed and supernatural desire, which involves creating the perfect complementary and supplementary experiences alongside the main point of focus. What people do is people think of what they want. They get their eyesight focused on a goal, and then they march toward that goal. We teach people to use the power of words and the power of positive emotional words. When combined, it retrains the inner mind to stay clean. And when the inner mind stays clean, then these supernatural abilities that you have under the surface they can reach for your guide and receive guidance. And then what you're manifesting comes about easily. But not just what you're manifesting, but all the supplemental experiences around it. So, for, for example, you want business, and you want business to grow big, and you want to have a global presence. Okay, that's a good goal. Is the subject healthy? And let's just say that it is. Okay, we want you to have focus on that goal, and we want you to achieve it. But we do not want you to achieve it at all costs, meaning your family relationships fall by the wayside. 
you acquire mm-hmm. a neck injury uh, because you're, you're, you're too focused, because you're laden with guilt and doubt and pressure, where your bank account is supreme in priority over raising your children, and you have others raise your children for you because you're too busy at work. You become a workaholic and stressaholic. We want no more workaholics, and we want no more stressaholics. We want peaceful aholics, if any aholics mm-hmm. at all. So power of words and power of positive emotion, when you weave those together and make that your predominant way of thinking, then the soul within gets to experience the pre-birth intentions that they were hoping to do. The soul energy does keep you tethered here in the world. It never leaves you. We never cast out the soul energy so we can assume the role of physical human being when we channel through a person. That soul energy is theirs. Their energy field is theirs. We gently, 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 over time, ask the mind to hear us, to translate for us, to present it into the mind's eye, and then later stages to prefer to say it out loud. Why do we do that? And that is channeled ability. When the part of you that communicates with us translates for us and then produces it to you, there is a mechanism that tells the mind to produce it in the mind's eye. When that mechanism trusts the information and trusts where it's coming from, then it can be willing to be taught to say the words out loud. That's channeled. We don't possess human beings. We don't need to do those kind of theatrics. We've already been human beings, and we know how to guide people, so we don't need to assume the role of a human being. And we'd like to do away with all people's viewpoint of the contrary. People mastermind their lives, but do they mastermind their lives in a good way? Well, thoughts create things. Every thought that has ever been thought is here and it is available in the world. Which ones do you lean towards? We want you to lean towards the ones that are similar to the ones that accentuate all things that you are really wanting. And you're wanting love and friendships and fun and excitement and eagerness, wealth perhaps, travel perhaps, but you're wanting to wake up happy and, and fall asleep happy and have happy hour every hour in between. And some excitement and some love and joy and interesting things to do. You want curiosity abound. You want interest abound. You want love abound. And you want fun abound. And you want health. Healthy thoughts equal healthy body. Over time, that is, healthy thoughts equal healthy body. But if you don't come upon this material until a month before you're passing, well, then hopefully you'll pass with a little bit of peace on your mind. But if you find these teachings in the earlier part of your life, then you may have the ability yourself. Thoughts clean Mm -hmm. out the passageways of the non-physical you. Healthy thoughts clean out the passageways. Meditation allows your guide to clean out the healthy thoughts that had negative emotion associated to them. So you might want this global entrepreneurial way of life, but you might have a significant amount of doubt and worry and frustration 
Well, that's a positive thought and a lot of negative emotion. What meditation does for you is it keeps the idea intact and removes the negative emotion, and then you feel more powerful and more positive and more motivated to continue down the path of what you're trying to do and become. Mm-hmm. We like combining. I, yeah, <laughs> I have I have a quick question, if I may, just ask. As so, as this circle that we are um, connected and part of, and as you said, there's these circles around the the globe that are becoming wider. Um, within each circle, then, is it through the law of attraction that we attract similar souls and similar guides, or? How exactly is that that all connecting? And then uh, I guess then some people may ask, does that circle eventually grow to be one larger circle or is it people are on their own sort of uh, paths that they're on in this lifetime? This is why we love conversations like this. Because when people read material from us or listen to material from us, any channel material, but, but but us, because we do teach each of these four pillars, then, then they take away a certain amount of information. And they do have questions. And we like when they have the opportunity to ask questions. That's what the Hour Knowing event is all about. That's what the Powerfulness of Source Energy Workshop is all about. That's what readings are all about. So we do not say, dear one, that there are circles around the globe. We say it is as if the circle of life is the globe. The traveling that you do when you are in physical life, when you travel from your home to the grocery store and back again, it's a circle. It's not Mm -hmm. a straight line. It's not point to point and back again. It's a circle because you are going there and coming back, going there and coming back. So in the world, when you have these beautiful ideas of traveling around the world, it is circles of energy. You are going and coming back going and coming back. Many times people think in straight line tendencies, I'm Mm -hmm. going to the store and back again. I'm going Mm -hmm. on a trip and back again. I'm going to work and back again. Straight line mentality. We say Mm -hmm. massage that a little bit and make it circular mentality. I am on my way to work so that I can come back home. I am on my way on on a trip so that I can come back home more refreshed, Mm -hmm. more rejuvenated, and more knowledgeable about the world. There are circles, circles, circles as a way of describing how life should be viewed, viewed as a circle. Mm -hmm. We're not actually saying that there are circles that are being widened and that that will somehow impact physical life. That's, that's That's not it at all. But the world itself is round. We do agree Mm -hmm. that the world is round, and we do agree that a circle is round. We do know that there's so many people that that once the wheels start turning, they start saying, well, did they mean this or did they mean that? So we say we do agree the world is round. We do agree that a circle is round. We do agree that a circle has no beginning and no end. We do agree that if you draw a circle, you create a starting point. But if you connect the circle to make it a circle, then you have overshadowed the starting point so that you can draw a figure that has no obvious start or end. Your physical lives 
do not have an obvious start or an end, but hmm. there is a closure to your cycle of, of life, and it is a cycle of life. It could be 10, it could be 500. You create a cycle of life, and you create intentions built in. So those lives are going there and back again. It's the circle of life, going there and back again. But, but, but your starting point is this non-physical place that we are speaking from. And then you come into the world and you live it, live it, and live it, and live it, and then you come back to this place that we are speaking from. So it is a circle. It is not a there, there and back again. There and back is straight line thinking. Now, we say this specifically because when you think about a straight line, it is limited. It's limited mm-hmm. in, an, in its exposure of experiences. And when you think of a circle, that's a wider view, a wider birth of opportunities to experience. A circle contains life. A line does not. So when you start thinking about life as a circle, thinking about it as a circle, not that it is a circle, although we could make some connections to how it is. But when you think of life as a line, there and back, straight line thinking, well, as the crow flies, it is a direct line from point A to point B. But as the bird flies, people do not. But a bird does not fly from point A to point B. It flies up, it flies down, it stops and takes a rest, and it goes back up again. It swerves to the left and the right. It loops up and dips down. And it enjoys the meandering, seemingly point-to-point direction. But it, too, Mm -hmm. is enjoying the experience of moving from point A to point B. We want people to enjoy the movement of their daily experiences and, and view them more as meandering, more as circular rather than straight line. Straight line thinking creates narrowness in thought. Mm-hmm. Circular is more expanded. Mm-hmm. There's a wider birth of experiences that a circle can hold and contain than a straight line can. But if you take a rubber band and you open the rubber band fully, it's round. But if you put your fingers at opposite ends and you pull, the rubber band becomes narrow. It becomes a narrow circle rather than a round Mm -hmm. circle, but it's still a circle. Straight line thinking is like the rubber band that is pulled taut. It's there and back again. But the center area is narrow. When you think about people who have straight line thinking, their variety of experiences and their variety of thought is like a rubber band that's been pulled tightly. There's not a lot of air gap in between the, the, the rubber band. In the center, mm-hmm. it's a smaller berth. Now, when you take that rubber band and you open it wide and full, there's a fullness in the center. There's expansion in the center. There's opportunity for more life experience. There's, it's a way of expressing to you that straight-line thinking creates stress. Straight line Mm -hmm. thinking also makes it difficult for the soul energy on the inside of you to experience the life that it was wanting to experience. Narrow minded Mm -hmm. comes from straight line thinking. So so think about life as a circle, as a circle. 
we might be like said, but as a circle, there are not circles around the earth in the way that we're speaking of. But when you think about traveling, think about it as a circle, and you will open yourself to more pleasing experiences. You won't be so, you know, blinders on. When you have blinders on, you're very narrow in your scope of view. When you take those blinders off, you see the world from a different perspective, a wider perspective. That's what I mean by that. That's so beautiful, and thank you so much. And Love it. As you were, you were sharing that, Yeshua, I, I couldn't help but think, uh, and again, the circles with as widening uh, with the law of attraction, and that's really where when you do the straight line thinking, people limit and they don't allow that. And I also thought of it in regards to love, that when you get into a relationship, whatever it is, with a parent or a spouse or even a friend, for those that have the the straight line thinking, if we could all just be in the circle, I just, oh my gosh, it just fills my heart with so much joy. So I can't, I just can't thank you enough. It just, <laughs> well, let's say it this way. Let's say it this way. Mm-hmm. Let's say that, that you live uh, in the center of a block. You've got, you've got a street and you live on a house on that street. You're right in the middle. And your very, very, very dear friend lives next door. Now, if you went to visit your friend every day, that would be a wonderful thing for both of you to experience. Or would it? So let's say that the front door of your house is very near the front door of their house. And so you walk out your front door and go directly to their front door. Mm-hmm. And then you go back home. And then when they visit you, they go directly from their front door to your front door and then back home. That's not a lot of additional experiences. That's not a lot of supplemental experiences. It's just there and back again. Now, when you think of a circle, it's more like instead of going directly to your dear friend next door, you decide to circle the block. So you go around the block to get next door. On your way, you have so many other experiences. You see so many other people. You, you hear so many other sounds. Your, your, your feet touch the pavement in different places. Your eyes and your ears and perhaps even your hands, you see and touch and hear different things along the way to the place that you were intending to go, which is your dear friend next door. But if all you ever did was walk out your front door and go right directly to their front door, you would be missing out on life experience. That's straight line versus circle, straight line versus circle. You want life to be circular instead of straight line, wide instead of narrow, more experiences Mm -hmm. instead of less, but enjoy them along the way every single time. That's a great great way of looking at at life. Um, Interestingly enough, I know that that, uh, both – Lisa and I have had, we've moved around a lot from when we were kids through um, the adult to where we are right now. And I, I, I have plans to continue <laughs> that circle of moving around and, and the experiences that I know I've had have really enriched my life and expanded my thinking. And in, in the country that we live in, the United States, uh, the average person only really never leaves, never goes farther than 75 miles from where they live from birth to death. And I've always said that that's a, that's a travesty, that there's so much more out there that your thinking can become very, very narrow. And you're explaining exactly uh, in, 
exactly why that's the case because that's what but they've why been doing. Is that the case? So, Michael, we ask you, this is Yeshua to speak, so, so you're not wrong. But, but why is that the case? Why, and let's just, let's just say the world is a beautiful place. There's yeah. so many magnificent things to see in person rather than in a video or in a textbook or in a pamphlet. And if you want to see the world and see it and touch it, you've got to go there. How do you go there? With money. With money. Even if you're walking, even if your transportation is, 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 is inexpensive, you need to walk. But you need to eat and you need to sleep. And you need to sleep in a place that feels safe. When we talk about manifesting and when we talk about using the power of positivity, we do not mean sacrifice your sense of security because that clogs the pipes. It clogs the pipes and it makes you more afraid and more timid. So why do you think people do not travel as much as others? Um, We know person by person. Yeah, I, I think fear. Um, could be one reason why fear of the unknown, uh, the fact that uh, their information sources might lead them to believe that uh, to believe negative thoughts about uh, moving, about going someplace. Um, I know I've heard that a lot. Um, okay. And right. in terms of right there, we pause you right there. This is this is like a class session. We just jump in and interrupt when we, when we feel the need. Go ahead. So, Go ahead. So hold that thought. So, Lisa, we're going to ask you the same thing. So, why do you think, and let's just assume that, that your, your mindset is, is, is in alignment with, with Michael's, and, and it's, a good, it's a good test of, of how law of attraction works. So, let's just say people, <laughs> as a rule, do not travel very far from home for most of their lifetime. Why do you, Lisa, think that that's the case? What are your thoughts on that? I think it, a lot of it has to do with patterns and comfort uh, that people find themselves uh, seeking safety and security and perhaps maybe fear of the unknown that we become so ingrained in uh, something that becomes a a comfortable pattern that we don't we don't want to I guess uh, create waves Um, we'd like to have stillness or calm in our lives we seek that calmness We say it's what you think about. It's what you think about. So when, when you think about why people do or do not travel, what do you think about? So we say if, if the first thought that comes to mind is, well, people are afraid to travel. They probably have some fear about where they're going and whether or not it's going to be a good place for them to be. We say that your mind is on and off track. It's on and off track. When we say that your mind is on and off track, that simply means there's a negative tendency. So let's say again. So if someone is is answering that question and, and their mind says, their mind makes them say, I think people don't travel very much because they're probably afraid of uh, new experiences or afraid of that country or they've got some, you know, uh, relationships or fear or or maybe they're just afraid to spend the money. 
So afraid, 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 fear, 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 fear. So somebody else might answer that question and just say, well, maybe they're satisfied at home. Maybe they weren't introduced to it, and so they're not really motivated to do it. Maybe they really, really, really like what they've created at home. So the mindset difference is unique person by person. Mm -hmm. But it also is a telltale sign of what your own thoughts are about travel. Your own thoughts plus a subject equal what you get more of. Now, you could either get an unsatisfying trip or you could just get conversation from other people that validate your way of thinking. Right. That's law, that's <laughs> law of attraction. That's law of attraction. Right. So we mm -hmm. would challenge you just a little bit and say, you know, uh, what are some other reasons that people might not travel very much? What are some other reasons? Hmm. What are some other reasons? Well, maybe the people that I've been talking to all have children and they're home and they all have schoolwork and, and rules about attendance or, 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 or. We like to say that often. So, so we just say, you know, where is your mindset? Is it on an on track? Is it on positivity? Or is it on an off track? Is it off positivity? And then challenge yourself to, in the moment that you find that you have a negative view or something that you might not identify as negative, but something that uses an emotional word that is on that lower register. If you are describing things and, and you're happy and pleased and well thought idea, but the words that you're using are some emotional words from the lower register, then we challenge you to do a U-turn and come up with another idea or express it again in positive terms. So let's say someone, uh, they just have a fear of travel and they're, they're just unsure about what those experiences would be like and so they shy away from it. So we would say take all of those negative words and try to make them positive. Can you have the same train of thought if you push yourself to have positive emotions instead. It's an interesting mm -hmm. thing, so we'll try it for you. I think people do not travel because they are confident in the country that they're going to. And I think that doesn't make sense. When, when you add a positive word in, in, in lieu of the negative emotional word, then all of a sudden that train of thought doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So... So, so negative emotional words alter in a negative way what you will do or what you will not do. When you take negative emotion out of the equation, then your own old pattern of thinking no longer makes sense to you. So just by evaluating where your usage of lower vibrational emotional words are and how you use them, then step back and reinsert a positive emotional word in its place. And you'll see uh, that thought no longer makes sense. We say uh, lean towards the right, lean towards the right. When you do meditation and when you use power of positivity and power of positive verbal words, then your mindset will change because you'll no longer, just using this example, you'll no longer be able to say, well, I am I am willing to believe that I am afraid to travel because you no longer want to believe in the power of being afraid. And so you say, I believe in people and I believe when people have 
more confidence or people that have confidence are willing to travel. So, so again, we, we progress a little bit further. I believe that the people that travel are probably more confident. And we would, we would stop you there and we would agree with you on that point. That's true. Because, um, it's, because, things, it's, a, because it's a more I, powerful thought to leave in the world. The, mm-hmm. the, the two ideas are the same. The two ideas are the same. But the thought of people who are more confident become willing to travel more often, that's a more powerful thought to leave in the world for other people to find, lean into, bump into, mm-hmm. there, make their own. Two things that you mentioned there, that I, things that I refer to as thought viruses that they pick up from other people, negative thoughts that they believe are their own, uh, that they take on as their own, and their inner conversation, their self-talk, which is negative that you want them, you've given away now for them to change that negative inner conversation to a positive inner conversation about whatever it is, themselves or whatever they're, themselves in relation to something that they could actually be doing. Would that be correct in, in, in saying that? Well, people think one thought until that thought no longer feels good to them, and then they have another thought. And that thought can gravitate towards positivity or it can gravitate towards negativity. So we say when people think, they think along the lines of where they are in their current mindset. Right. That current mindset can change. That's Mm -hmm. correct. I, I, yeah. I believe that. Truly, I've seen it. I've used it. I've been doing it myself. Um, yeah. We, we have, I, I wanted to, to say the point here that, that here on PRNFM that we have about three minutes left in our hour. Um, and this has been absolutely fascinating. I mean, I want to have the time to at least make our audience aware of the fact that you have, uh, you have two open houses next week, next Monday and Tuesday. Could you... Um, we need to uh, get the details on that to our audience so that they can tune in because the show runs on Saturday at 8, and uh, they can tune in. So would you be so kind uh, as to have Carol give us uh, the details about the open house? Sure, absolutely. So um, um, please do visit my website. It's the Pittsburgh Medium, T-H-E Pittsburgh Medium. Dot com. When you uh, open up the website, you'll get a pop-up window, and, and it'll give you all the details and the registration link. So there are two registration links, and you do need to register for each one individually. They are uh, very simple to, to, to do. One is Monday. That's the unfoldment. That's intuitive development, 7 to 8 p.m. And Tuesday is the art of self-healing, also from 7 to 8 p.m. Now, that's United States Eastern Time. 7 to 8 p.m. The website is thepittsburghmedium.com, and that's the, the best way to stay in contact with me, any events and any workshops and any classes and any specials that are coming up. They'll all be posted on the website, or uh, once or twice a month I send out an email. I don't overload you, so it's okay to subscribe. It's also okay to unsubscribe if it's not uh, what, where you are at that, at that uh, point in your life. But do check your spam because sometimes – uh, business emails get put into spam. And so if it's something that you're wanting, please do mark it as uh, something that you prefer to have in your inbox. I do have... Fabulous. Yeah, I do have 
YouTube and Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and all of those, you know, the social life is fun. And so I do engage in social life and, and uh, I do enjoy <laughs> so much when people, and when people use some of their social life for these kind of things. And so please do like, follow, and subscribe on any of my social media outlets. You'll find all of them at The Pittsburgh Medium. Um, and so there you go. Yeah, Monday and Tuesday, yeah. free class with Yeshua. Free class. No, that's Thank a, you. And I think it's it's so amazing because the, the Yeshua Center for Intuitive Studies, it really, if you've enjoyed the these last two episodes and the conversations, it's just um, the tipping point. It's just a, a little spark um, to really, yeah. <laughs> to opening open volley. Opening world. volley. Yeah. And it really the is uh, the 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 information is so valuable and so needed, and and I'm so grateful to you, Carol, and to the Yeshua Collective for joining us. I, I just thank you. I'm so deeply grateful, and uh, thank anytime, you. Anytime, anytime. I loved it as as I did last week too. So anytime, anytime. It's thank you. Time. We I will have you all back. your insight Great. questions. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. And, uh, we enjoy your cruise. Uh, Carol and the physical and uh, Yeshua Collective. Uh, we look forward to the the two uh, classes on Monday the 27th and also on uh, Tuesday the March 28th. Thank you so much and enjoy You're your welcome. beautiful and blessed day. Thank you, you both too. Thank you. Bye.